0: Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning Bridgewater family, we're so glad you're here. It's the Sunday after Easter and what an awesome time to gather together and to celebrate the fact that Jesus is still alive. And I need you to do something as we're getting started. Find a blank card, I've got one in my hand. Find a piece of paper, you can write on just about anything. But grab a pen or a pencil, because this is actually going to be a message where we have uh, a a connection point at the end so that we literally are putting our faith and our trust in God. So grab that, and while you do it, I want to give you the definition of doubt. Now, we've been talking about this for several weeks, so I thought I would give this to you again. Doubt is a feeling of uncertainty. To hesitate to believe. Now that's the noun part of this word, but it's also a verb. It means to actually feel uncertain in a sense that you don't know what to do. You're uncertain about doing something, and you have a sense of distrust now the reason that this definition is so important is because we all struggle with doubt right now I've got areas of my life that I'm working through and placing in the hands of God but I I need to be honest to just tell you there's doubt that goes with it in fact here's something I believe I believe you the bigger your decision the greater your doubt can become. The bigger your decision, the greater your doubt can become. Because you begin to ask, how will it turn out? What will happen if I do this? What will happen if I do that? And it doesn't help if you have a bunch of people that are skeptical, that you love, that you care about, but they're the ones questioning you every time you make a decision. In fact, I was thinking about another great aviation story. We had one at the beginning of the series, and I started thinking about Charles Lindbergh. Now, I would assume you at least have heard the name. But in 1927, Lindbergh literally crossed the Atlantic in a solo, nonstop flight. Now, many people had crossed, but they had co-pilots, they had larger planes, but he was the first to solo a nonstop transatlantic flight from New York to Paris. He left on May the 20th at 7.52 a.m., and there was a crowd of 500 people. Everyone doubted whether he could do it. They wanted him to do it. Some showed up to, to see if he would fail. you got to love those folks. And people were concerned right out of the gate. Because when Lindbergh took off on the dirt airstrip, his wheels literally barely missed the power lines. And then he was off and running. Now, there's a lot to this story, but I want to give you a backstory. People doubted Lindbergh on several levels. They doubted his financial support. He basically had $2,000. Now, that's a lot back then, but still people were saying that's not enough to make this happen. People doubted Lindbergh's age and inexperience. And for all my young listeners, if you're in your teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, if you've got dreams, this is a great story for you because with every great dream comes great doubt. And people doubted his age. He was too young. People also doubted his wisdom to fly solo. He had been flying a lot. He even flew mail. And this is why it originated out of St. Louis. He had been flying, and this is why his plane was named the Spirit of St. Louis, because this was where he was creating the foundation for this dream to actually be fulfilled. Now, Lindbergh took off, and you might think once he got into the air, everything was fine. But as much as, just go read it. It's a great story, but listen to this. How would you like to fly solo for over 30 hours? He fought sleep, uh, drowsiness. He fought ice, sleet. He fought so much fog. There was one point where he even, admits, I doubted I could do it. I was going to turn around. But finally, he landed in Paris 33 and a half hours later, and this is what blows my mind. The momentum grew so much, there were 100,000 people when he landed in Paris. 500 in New York, why? Because of doubters. But once they knew he could do it, how many people showed up? 100,000. And I want you to know this, the greater your dream, the more difficult the decision, you're going to deal with doubt. Maybe loads of it. You're gonna struggle with people thinking you're too old, you're too young, you don't have enough money, you don't have enough experience. And I want you to focus in on this this morning because we're gonna go right back into scripture and we're gonna talk about a young man named Thomas because Thomas struggled with all of these things about Jesus. Thomas was one of the disciples. And I know that we have been answering great questions. We've talked, is God real? Is Jesus king? Is Jesus the resurrected savior? And guess what? Thomas was there for all of it. He was there when Peter said, you are the Messiah, the Christ. He was there when Jesus entered into Jerusalem on that donkey. He was there and around when Jesus was crucified. But here is what Thomas struggled with. He doubted if Jesus was more than a prophet or a teacher. So we're going to ask and answer. Can I say that again? I, I, I got a little caught up in my excitement. We need to ask and answer the question, is Jesus still alive? Believe it or not, that's what Thomas was asking. And isn't that what we're asking 2,000 years later? Is Jesus still alive? If you're struggling with doubt, I'm going to give you three very practical steps from this Incredible event and, and moment in Thomas's life that's going to help us overcome doubt. And I want to start with this incredible and in, in, in amazing insight in John 20, 24 through 25. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Step one, identify your source of doubt. Now, think about this. Thomas struggled with doubt, but it was more than that. There was a root struggle that Thomas kept going back to and we see this even though we don't read a lot about Thomas in the gospels the way we do Peter or even John we do read about Thomas at a very crucial moment in the life of Jesus and his ministry if we turn to John 11:14 through 16 Jesus is on his way to raise Lazarus from the dead. And in verses 14 through 15, then Jesus became explicit. Lazarus died, and I am glad for your sakes that I wasn't there. You're about to be given new grounds for believing. Now let's go to him. That's when Thomas, the one called the twins, said to his companions, come along, we might as well die with him. All I can do is think of Eeyore, that's it. Now I'm a Winnie the Pooh fan, but all I can do is think of Thomas as Eeyore saying, well, let's go, we're probably gonna die with him. You know, do you have people in your life like that? That every time something wonderful or possible happens, they're telling you, like Eeyore, here's the problem, it's not going to work. And when I think about what Jesus said to the disciples, he said, I'm glad that Lazarus wasn't dead so that I can prove to you, so that I can help you in your faith, is what he was saying. And what is Thomas's response? Well, we'll just go with Jesus and we'll die with him. It's crazy, but, now, now this is important. What was the root of Thomas's doubt? He's been known throughout uh, history as (coughs) doubting Thomas. Well, what was the source of his doubt? Here it is. Thomas struggled to truly believe. Now, Thomas reveals his greatest weakness when he uses the word believe. And this came in a moment Where, in fact, can we back up just a minute? Ten of the 11 disciples, Judas is gone. Ten of the 11 disciples had hung in there together. And then Jesus appeared to them amazingly, incredibly, Jesus appears to them. Wouldn't it have freaked you out? Come on. You're sitting there. You're all huddled together. You're fearful about, you you know, the tomb is empty. Mary Magdalene has said, "Uh, I've seen Jesus, but you haven't seen him yet. And all of a sudden, he, poof, he appears. They're startled, but they know it's Jesus. And he, he, he just brings this sense of joy when he tells them, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. It's okay. I am alive. Is Jesus still alive? Yes. And he said it to the disciples. Peace be with you. I am alive. And they celebrate and they're excited. But one guy is missing. Where's Tom? And you know what he did? He chose not to stay with his friends and the followers of Jesus, and he isolated himself. When you and I are going through doubt and struggles, our natural human tendency is to isolate ourselves from everyone else. That is the wrong thing to do. Now, I do want to caution you, be careful who you surround yourself with. They need to be people who are growing in their walk with God. They need to be people of faith. They need to be people who are excited about Jesus Christ, and they need to encourage you as well as hold you accountable. But whatever you do, don't isolate yourself and just simply be alone. Thomas did, but I love this part of the story. Once Jesus appeared to them, it was the boys that went and got Thomas. Thomas, we have seen the Lord. Now, we're full circle back to this word believe. He looks at them and he goes, so? So what? You've seen him, I haven't seen him. Well, first of all, he hadn't seen him because he refused to be with the disciples. He missed it. But not only that, he wanted to wallow in his own doubt and negativity. Oh, man, come on. We've all done it. We've all done it. I I was pastoring a, a small church in Pennsylvania. I had just moved there. There wasn't anything that was probably right about it and I was questioning my decision. Should I have moved my family to Jersey Shore, Pennsylvania? And it was incredible, Sunday morning Early as I was preparing my message, I had so many doubts. And all of a sudden, the phone rang. It never rang on Sunday morning. But what was interesting, this was back in the day when the same phone line was in the parsonage we lived in, the house owned by the church, and in my office. I picked it up, but so did Kay. And it was a God moment. It was our dear friend, Jimmy Ferguson, And he said, I was praying for you this morning. And he said, I'm calling to let you know you are right where God wants you to be. You don't need to be worried or concerned. God's got his hand on your ministry. And I want to pray for you. He prayed for us, we hung up. I walked over to the house and Kay and I both were in tears. Because in that moment, we got to the root of our doubt. We struggled <coughs> to believe in our calling. We struggled to believe that God had his hand on us in this small, rural town in Pennsylvania. And I can tell you this, I wouldn't be where I am today if it hadn't have been for God's hand on our lives in Pennsylvania. But you know what our root problem was? To believe. We had doubts because we struggled to believe. Here's step one. Identify your source of doubt. Identify your source of doubt. In fact, take your card. Remember, I told you, it's an action kind of connection moment. Take your card. In this step one, identify your source of doubt. Put it down. What are you struggling with? Don't just say you're struggling with doubt, but literally say, Why are you struggling? And do you really believe that Jesus is still alive? Now let's go to step two. John 20, 26 through 27. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Can I do that? Can I just be excited for Thomas? Through the doors, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Here's our second step. Choose to believe Jesus is alive. You do realize this is a choice. It's called faith. Do you have the faith to believe that Jesus is really alive? Here's the struggle you're going to have. If you decide that you do not want to be in the presence of God, even through the struggles, maybe I should say especially through the struggles, you and I have a choice. Are we going to be in God's presence? But when you think about this incredible moment for Thomas, What's so powerful is the phrase, a week later. Have you ever missed something by choice? There was a beautiful snowfall in this beautiful area we lived in, in Pennsylvania that I've talked about. And the youth had been scheduled to go skiing, snow skiing. And I love to snow ski. And Kay said, are you going to go? And I go, no, I'm not going to go. I've got work to do. She said, you're really going to miss it. She said, the snow was perfect. It was just this light snow that had been falling. We were going to go in the evening. She said, the slopes are going to be beautiful. The lights will be on. It will be incredible. I convinced myself I had to work. Then I ended up going home to an empty house because the kids were with Kay. Then I ended up eating a sandwich that I didn't enjoy and watching a show I didn't really want to watch. And here was the kicker. Kay got home and literally, can I I just confess, I was hopeful that it didn't turn out well. I wanted her to say it was a disaster. I was selfish. And you know what she ended up saying to me? It was the greatest night of skiing I've ever experienced. You missed it, and we missed you. If you can relate to my story in any aspect of your life, then you'll understand the words a week later. Now, the only difference this time is that Thomas is with them. But he's not excited because they said, we've seen the Lord. In fact, sometimes I wonder, did did they have to drag him? And he went kicking and screaming, full of doubt and unbelief. But what's so amazing is this. Jesus appears again. Peace be with you. And in this moment, there is an incredible sense of joy in Thomas's heart. But what we can't overlook is that Jesus came in and said to all of them, You have to stop doubting and you have to choose to believe. This is step two choose to believe that Jesus is alive. You'll never know that Jesus is alive today unless you choose to believe it, and to to really hone in on Thomas's doubt, and to hold him accountable. Don't ever think that Jesus is just going to let us off the hook. When we're doubting, he loves us and he wants to comfort us, but often his comfort comes in truth. And who wants to hear the truth? Jesus focused his attention on Thomas. Look at this in the message. Jesus said to Thomas, take your finger and examine my hands. Take your hand and stick it in my side. Don't be unbelieving, believe. I know know you got this. I I know you immediately picked up on it. The very words that Thomas had said to the disciples when they found him the first time, when he refused to believe, he said, until I can can touch his hands, touch his sides, see the nail prints, see where, where the spear had gone in. Until I can do all of that, I am not going to believe. What very words did Jesus use in order to hold Thomas accountable? Word for word, it was what Thomas had said. Why? Because Jesus is still alive. Jesus knows our thoughts. God understands everything about us he knows you right now whatever doubts you wrote on the card and we're not done with your card yet but whatever doubts that you wrote on your card and the struggles that you're having you might as well admit them to jesus because he already knows them get them out in the open in fact don't miss this for a second jesus said to thomas Basically if we if we unpack the literal understanding of the Greek he says stop becoming an unbeliever. Now now please track with this. The more we give into our doubts and we choose to be unbelieving the more we grow in our doubt and the more that we solidify our unbelief. Don't think for a moment That your doubt just sits there waiting for a miracle. The more that we doubt, the more it will be difficult for us to embrace the miracle when it comes. Now, again, don't miss this. Jesus loved Thomas, Jesus appeared to Thomas, but Jesus held Thomas accountable. Why? He wanted him to come to a moment where he must decide to choose to believe that Jesus is alive. We have to stop allowing our uncertainties to be the only thing we're certain about. Come on. You're going through these struggles. Grab that card again. What What are you struggling to believe? Put it down on the card. What are you struggling to believe? The hardest things, God can handle it. But don't put them on the card to say, I'm going to pull this out later, and I'm going to show God that he isn't real. No, no, no. Put it on here, and begin to believe by faith that God has a plan for your life, because he did Thomas. I, I am so blessed by Thomas's story. Don't think for a moment that John wrote Thomas's story because he, he wanted to uh, give him a hard time throughout history. John wrote it for me. John recorded it for you. And this one moment is where it stands out in, in such an incredible way. Because he literally comes to a place where he realizes that it wasn't God's fault. It wasn't God's fault that he hadn't seen him. Please, let's stop blaming God for everything. If God was... If God was so great, if God was so loving, if God is so amazing, and then we fill in the blank with our negative doubts. No, 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 no. Understand, we have to identify our source of doubt. We have to choose to believe that Jesus is alive. And I want to give you this last part. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Here's our third step. Let faith in Christ set you free. Let your faith in Christ set you free. Where is your defining moment? Don't lose it because of someone else. Don't let everybody else's struggles keep you from believing what you already know is true, because you can go back and look into the archives of blessings and see how God has been with you every step of the way. And that's what Thomas did. Yes, he had doubted. Yes, he had missed the first Easter. But thank God, Jesus gives us a second Easter, a third Easter, a fourth Easter, and beyond. And Thomas was able to say, my Lord and my God. He went from doubting Thomas to devoted Thomas. Why? Because he let his faith in Christ set him free. Please don't overlook what Jesus wrote for you. I like it in the amplified. Jesus said to him, can I just put it this way? Jesus said to us, Because you have seen me, do you now believe? Blessed, happy, spiritually secure, and favored by God are they who did not see me and yet believed in me. Now, what what do I mean by Jesus is saying that to us? He wasn't just thinking about Thomas. That last part of that verse was for you and me. I haven't seen him in the flesh. Have you? But I believe by faith. And Jesus even said that there is a greater blessing for those who believe in him. That he is still alive because we haven't physically seen him. We haven't physically been able to touch the nail prints or the scar in his side. Thomas believed. So what happened to him? Church tradition, perhaps even some would say church history, says that Thomas became a missionary to India, what we now know as India. Christians in India today represent 2.3% of the population. You might be thinking, well, that isn't very much. Well, India is such a large uh, country even today. That translates into 28 million people. Let alone all the millions over the last 2,000 years that have come to know Christ because of a man named Thomas who missed the first Easter, who isolated himself because of his doubts, In fact, have you ever thought about this? The reason that Thomas did not believe in Jesus is because he couldn't wrap his mind around the truth that Jesus was the Messiah. Thomas represents so many people today. They're they're with Jesus. They, They have a belief in Jesus as as a wonderful teacher, as a friend, but Thomas had to come to a point where he believed that Jesus was the Christ. Do you. Take your card. Take this great card, and I want you to put on here, if you haven't already, what are your doubts? But then I want you to do this. Take your card, and over the top of it, I want you to write the word free. Over the top of it, I just want you to write the word free. And this morning, I want you to take that card that you've been writing on and just lay it down in front of you because I want to pray that your faith in Christ will set you free because Jesus is still alive. So, did you do it? Did you put it on there? You put your doubts. Now write the word free and lay it there right in front of you. And let's pray. Father God, this is such an important message because we know that beyond a shadow of a doubt that we can believe in you because you're still alive. Jesus, you are our focus. You are the one that we love and care for. But Jesus, I know that people struggle with doubt. And they've written the doubts on their cards. And now they're laying right in front of them. But they've written the word free over the top of it. God, let us believe in you and your power by faith that we could walk away from this moment in freedom to know that you are the resurrected Christ. We love you. We praise you. And we thank you for this moment. We thank you for Thomas to remind us that we can choose to believe. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you so much. Would you, would you just let us know that you did this? Would you just put out there to our pastor online, Pastor, I, I filled out the card. Maybe you even want to say, this is my doubt I've been struggling with, but God has been helping us, uh, helping me through these last few weeks. I want you to put that on the card and then just give us a note online because we love you so much and we want you to know you're not alone. So have a wonderful day and until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. Hey, friends. Thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners. And together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.